Have you seen that license plate that says, I'm not spoiled, just well taken care of? <laughs> and usually the person's driving a Beamer or, you know, Mercedes or some big thing. You know, but I thought of the, about that as believers in Christ, that we have a great heavenly father and a father who's a good father or, you know, a mother who's a good mother doesn't spoil their kids, but they make sure that their kids' needs are taken care of as best they can. But to think of the, the God of the universe who owns it all, who created it all, right? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That he's looking out for you and me and cares for every need we have. And most of all, that we would have a relationship with him and would become more like his son. That we're being invited into greater and greater intimacy with this amazing God and with his son, Jesus Christ. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is really to be deeply, deeply loved. We are well taken care of. We should have our own license plate uh, statement, right? We are well taken care of by God. But, you know, this world makes a business. It banks on the fact that you are going to be a discontented person, that you're really not going to be easily satisfied. They're counting on the fact that good commercials and quick sound bites and little messages are going to hook you into a dissatisfaction with your current state of affairs and your current... Um, level of living, that there's always going to be more and you'll be happier with more. And it can make you very, very anxious. It makes a world a troubled world, always thinking there's going to be more satisfaction if I just get more. Well, this morning is all about being able to release the anxiety that we often struggle with, to release it. We're the ones that hold it close, but we can release that to the Lord. We can say, Lord, we don't want to live with the burden or the trouble or the anxiety related to what we have in our life. We can shift, we can take that whole thing and flip it over on its head and say, Lord, from the bottom of my heart up, I'm going to thank you for who you are and the way you provided, all the things you have provided. And I'm going to choose not to be anxious. And on every day, I'm going to say, Lord, I won't be anxious, but instead I'm going to grab your peace. You promised that's actually possible. So I want to take you up on your promise. So that's what this morning's all about saying, let's live trusting God, not living in anxiety. So grab your Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. We're going to look at just a couple passages. I'm going to teach for 15 minutes or so, and then we're going to open it up for, for uh, praise and thanksgiving from you guys. So the mic's coming your way in a few minutes, so get ready. But first, we're going to look at this passage in Matthew 6, a familiar passage that basically just says, being anxious about your life doesn't help anything, and it surely hurts a lot. So starting at verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So you noticed... Maybe in this passage, he mentions anxiety three times. And the, the point is, don't be. And you don't need to be. Because we have a heavenly father 
who's looking out for us and cares deeply about our life. That word anxious, if you look it up in the Greek, and I did just to make sure it was the best possible word in the English, has that sense of being troubled with cares, like burden, things that press you down and kind of limit your joy and kind of steal things from your, your peace. And to be anxious just means you're just not trusting that something's going to turn out or something's going to be given. And he says, you don't have to be troubled with cares or nervous. Now, you may think, well, I'm not very anxious as a person. If that's true, answer this question. When your mind is free to wander, where does it most often go? You're sitting at a light, just chilling. You probably grab your phone. I know. No. But where does your, where does your mind wander? You've got a minute, you've got 10 minutes, you're going to sleep at night and you're laying there. Where does your mind wander off to? Does it wander off to anxious places? Anxiety about work. What's going to actually happen with that? Man, I got to get that report done. Oh, what if my boss and, geez, and if my boss then, and then I lose this job or I don't, and oh, the bottom line, how am I going to? Or does the anxiety come related to your kids and you have those moments and your mind wanders immediately. Oh, what about this? And what if that happens? And oh, but only if. Or your mind wanders to the other shoe that might drop. You know the phrase, right? What if the other shoe drops? Like, what if, what if that happens? It's the, the what if syndrome. And you can live there. And in fact, a lot of people have a, a heightened sense of anxiety that you don't even realize. They actually think it's normal living. Doctors are realizing that. Just living these days is anxiety ridden for most people. And in our culture, when the pressure is don't be content because companies have to make money, don't be content, don't be content, don't be content, don't be content. You can tell yourself all day long, oh, I, I can be content, but you're going to run into those messages constantly, right? So you're bombarded with this feeling that to be content must mean I'm a loser. If I'm not striving for something more and competing and out there making it happen and sure, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, maybe I'm actually like falling behind. We start buying those lies or those messages and Jesus comes in this passage to his original hearers and to us today, and he says, none of that crazy anxiety is going to lengthen your life. In fact, it will what about your life? That's what doctors say. You invite a lot of trouble. Now, God has an appointed day, but you don't want his appointed day to come because you're so incredibly <laughs> anxious and ridden with fears and troubles. He wants you to be at peace. And your body responds when it's at peace, much better than when we live in anxiety. You remember these last couple of weeks we've been talking about Jesus as our everything. And when he becomes our everything more and more, when we experience him as a good shepherd, he's the one that makes us lie down. He's the one that says, okay, it's time to get up. It's time to take the hill. It's time to go to the grassy valley. It's time to have a meal right now in the midst of your enemies, in the midst of the crazy circumstances. I want to commune with you. When you have that kind of heavenly father caring for you, when you're in such incredible trouble or stress and he's your sufficient grace to get through, he's providing that when it's rest or strength or provision or shepherding, whatever you need. And to, to have Jesus as our provider, it really should put a smile on our heart. Just make us realize, I mean, we're so well taken care of. There's no one in the planet that has any clue what's going to happen the next second. We think we do. But there's no one who really actually knows. There's no one who really actually knows what your needs are this week. 
and next year. There's no one who really actually knows what's going to happen to you physically or in those relationships or with your job or with the economy or with the elections or with terrorism or with whatever, right? No one really actually knows except God. And he says, I have a plan and I'm looking out for you specifically because you're my son, you're my daughter. And I'm looking out for my family. And I'm orchestrating events from my throne room in heaven over this universe, let alone this little world, this globe with you and I and seven billion others. God has a plan. He will work it out. He put the lilies here. He keeps the sparrows flying. He feeds them. Will he not take great and better care of you? Because you have so much more value than they. Do we have the faith? You know, he ends by saying, oh, you have little faith. Somehow you're looking to others. You're looking to the marketplace. You think what you built in your own house. And I'm just trying to picture the original hearers with Jesus is saying these things. They're probably going, oh, I just... I'd just like another tunic. I'd just, you know, maybe a couple different colors, <laughs> you know, or I'd like the marketplace situation. I just hope, you know, all my sons get into the, to the, the carpenter business with me or making tents or I hope the trade things change or I hope the political climate with Rome or with whatever. Like what kind of things do they struggle and fear about and, and get anxious and nervous over? And he's saying like, you really don't have to stress. I've got a plan. You can be content. First Timothy 6 talks about this. And the Apostle Paul says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. That's the great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can't take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we'll be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I think a couple questions jump out of this passage I just read. And they're pretty blunt, but they're really good for us to think through. Do we have a desire to get rich? Let me give you a little spoiler alert on this one. You already are. You already are rich. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, right, if you saw my debt. If you saw the way I have. No, the fact that you drove here in a car, that you have multiple clothes that you could have picked from, your cupboards were probably stocked. You probably chose whether you wanted eggs over easy or two pieces of toast or a muffin or wanted to start at stop at Starbucks on the way in. You are rich compared to the majority of those in the world. You're in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. Okay, so right there we should pause and go, okay, I haven't thought of that in a while. Thank you, Lord, <laughs> right? That would be the appropriate response. But some would just go like, well, no, no, no. I just need, can you say it? A little bit more. <laughs> How much? Oh, just a little more. You know what's going to happen when you get that little bit more next week or in a month? Yeah, I mean, no, that was great. In fact, it was awesome, but I would like just a little bit more. It's that nagging little bit more that creates anxiety. Now, some of you would be honest enough to say like, no, I want a lot more. I want a lot more. Thank you. Regularly, winning the lottery would be fine. Having some independent source of income coming, pouring into my life would be awesome. 
So if we're just really honest, do we even want to be content? The world says you shouldn't be and you can't be ultimately because you look around and you know they're happier than you because they have this, their body looks better, their stuff looks better, their house looks better, their vacations look better, they look better. Are you really content with yourself? Come on. You're going to sit there and let them get ahead? And you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. And then we create anxiety and it takes us to the doctor and it makes us kind of bitter, complaining, selfish people. Jesus said, you don't need to live anxious. You're more important than a sparrow and a, and a flower, and I'm going to take care of your needs. Ask me for food and clothing and shelter. They'll be, you'll be content. That was assumed. That people, those basic things we can look to God for. So the first one, do you desire to get rich? The second question, do you love money? They go together. Is there anything wrong with money? Yes or no? No. He didn't say money is evil. He didn't say money will pierce you with many pangs. It's the love of money that will. Because money is neutral. Money can be used for the glory of God. It can meet your needs. It can help others. It can build the kingdom. Many of you sacrifice money uh, to put Jeff and Christine on the field and keep them there. Money is a great tool in God's hand. It's the love of it that gets us in trouble. That's when we fall into temptation and traps and we start piercing and, pl and plunging ourselves into destruction. It's the love of money. So we don't want to let a good thing become an ultimate thing or it will enslave you and it will enslave me. Good things we thank God for. The ultimate thing is Christ and his kingdom. Contentment wins over worry every single time. It's the craving. It's the wanting more. The love of money is truly deadly. It robs us of peace. It kills our generosity. It distracts us from the gospel. It can be an idol. And it, in fact, it's so powerful, it can keep you from any relationship with God at all and bring about eternal destruction. Okay, it is deadly. It is powerful. But it can be harnessed. It can be enjoyed. You can thank God for it and never have to worry about it again if you live these principles day by day. Lord, I'm not going to be anxious today. I'm going to turn to you. I don't have to be anxious about my life. I'm going to be anxious about what I eat or what I drive or what I wear, or what I'm going to do, or the job, or the lack of the job, or how long the job's going to live, or what's going to happen with that person. I'm going to trust you. Thank you, Lord, that you will meet me in that place and give me greater faith. In fact, Philippians 4 reminds us of that. Don't be anxious for what? Good. So some of you thought, oh, it's just about money. Yeah, but I got other stuff going on. I, you know, sometimes I almost fall off stages and break things. I'm going to worry about that. No. Uh, like, I got other stuff Gordy doesn't know about, and I'd be anxious about that. You didn't talk about that, so I threw that in just for you guys. Don't be anxious for anything. Oh, but what if the baby doesn't? Oh, well, what if the, the, the stock market? Oh, what if we get invaded? What if terrorism? What if, I'm allowed to be anxious about certain things. Not if you love God and trust him, you don't. You're not given that privilege. That's not, that's not a privilege. You're not given that right. We're called to be people of peace. We're called to trust God. We're called to really believe that we have a heavenly father that has every need in our lives in mind. And I can say, you know, from personal experience, sometimes I like to, you know, share stuff just so you guys realize, hey, we're no different than you are in struggles or vulnerabilities or whatever. 
because we're walking this walk together, we're all in the same boat. The only VIP around here is Jesus. But I can honestly say in this area, in my marriage and in my life, God has done some amazing things through his grace. Um, we just don't fight about money. Just don't. It's just never been an issue. Went overseas, God took care of us. Lived in an old medical center room. Surgic, surgical room was our, it was our um, dining room. It was about this wide and it was round. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the walls look like, how big the walls are, right? It just never was a concern. We moved to Baltimore, or from Baltimore, um, to California. He's like, every step of the way, it's just God provided, God provided, God provided, God provided. He just continued to provide. And oftentimes I look back and go, why is that? Why grace in this area? And uh, I think it is because... Early on in our marriage, we decided to put the Lord first in our finances. We just decided, hey, this is a biblical principle to tithe. We're going to do this because now all, all what we both make is in one pot, and this is all from the Lord. Going to making the money, having the energy to make the money, having breath itself is from God. This is all yours. How do you want us to steward it? And it's just from that point, right? So the beginning of our marriage all the way to today, I can just say we just are so content with what God has given us. And he has given us way more than food and clothing and a roof. Way, 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 way more. But he owns it all and he could take it all away. And I would hope if he ever did in that way, we would be just as content. So I want to tell you it's possible. I'm not setting myself up at the hero. This is all by God's grace. I'm just saying it is possible to not be anxious over your money but trusting God and being content with what he provides. That actually is possible. It is possible to not be anxious about your kids. It's humanly possible. <laughs> we actually don't think that's true. It's humanly possible to not freak out and be stressed and be a basket case about your job most of the time and be discontented and angry and bitter and it's actually possible to trust God and see his peace take over. It's actually possible to not fear the future. It's possible to not be anxious about your health. Sure, eat well, exercise, take good care of yourself. Yes. But what if you got something hereditary? What if someone runs over your foot? <coughs> like, what are you going to do? Like, okay. And you're content with what God will provide in healing you up. So we can and uh, we all need to together. God can and desires to cultivate in every one of us an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude, not an attitude of a little bit more is better. And then he says, instead of being anxious, this is what you do instead of the anxiety thoughts and struggles and fights and arguments and fears. Instead of all that, you take all that, you just give that to the Lord. Say, thanks, Lord, for forgiving me and taking that. Instead, he says, replace it with seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That's the second point. So don't be anxious about your life. Instead, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need, all, need them all. Here's the kicker. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. So who gets to worry about tomorrow? He answers it. Who? Tomorrow gets to. Wait, wait. Tomorrow's not an actual 
thing, person, right? Oh, it's like, don't worry about it. Let it handle itself. You got enough right in front of you <laughs> to give to God. You got enough right now that could drive you nuts if you don't pray about it and offer it up to God consistently. Why would you borrow some potential thing that could happen from tomorrow? He just says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. What you need, I have a plan for. He already knows. Julie has a phrase that she'll say often, God knows. Now, we can't figure it out. Yeah, but God knows. Oh, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. But God does. God knows your life, your needs. He knows your tomorrows. He knows your yesterdays. And he knows when he's going to bring you home. And he will carry you and provide for you every day along the way. So instead of fretting and being anxious and worried, we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We pursue the giver, not the gifts. We pursue the giver. Be a weird thing. If someone gives you a gift, to be more excited about the gift than the person who gave you the gift. I don't want to spend time with them, but boy, I hope they give me a good present. That's pathetic. Sometimes we can be that pathetic with God, though. Like, as long as he keeps providing, cool. Then I'll be okay with him. But I don't actually care about him. I really am more concerned about what he's giving. When we just flip that around, all of a sudden, you have a peace that guards your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. It guards it. It won't let the crazy anxieties and expectations and demands of other people or the world attack and rob you of your joy and peace. It cannot happen because you have the power of God guarding your mind and heart. So when you say, Lord, I want to follow you, the giver. I want to trust you. I'm, uh, this word seeking means to search for, desire to understand, think about and meditate on and inquire of. There's a good definition. It's not original. Don't worry. To search for, desire to understand, think about and meditate upon and inquire of. You do that with God. You think about him. You, you meditate on his promises. You take this seriously today. You go, I'm not going to be anxious. Literally, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to change my entire life from anxiety-filled and ridden to trusting God and seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to talk about it with my family and friends. I'm going to admit and maybe confess where I've been anxious just so they all know. I'm serious about this. My anxiety has been bad news for you, and I'm sorry. And it's affected you, and I'm sorry. And it rules our family, and I'm sorry. And it's changing today. I am going to live trusting God, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to get up each day, and I'm going to pray about this and this and this. And then through the day, will you remind me to pray? Because I want to pray, and I'll remind you to pray. And let's not be anxious. Boy, we're having an anxious conversation right now. We should just pause and pray. We will do that. This isn't a good suggestion. This is like biblical. We should be doing this because the blessing is so rich, right? That's where the greatest gain is, is contentment. The great gain is not more money because more money and falling in love with it and desiring more, you'll never be satisfied. When you fall in love with money, you're never satisfied. When you see money as a tool and a provision of God, you seek him first, you meditate on, you reflect upon, you seek to understand, you pursue the giver, and then he gives you what you need. It's not an issue. It won't drive you nuts. You can live in peace. You can have his blessing without the anxiety. So it's a very simple principle. And you know what's real interesting is you look at the context of the verses I shared earlier in the chapter, Jesus is telling them how to pray. Do you remember this one? Our Father, 
who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The focus is that we have a Father in heaven and he'll give us the needs that we have, you know, the, the needs and the, the desires of our heart. He says if we delight ourselves in him, he'll meet those needs. We just have to do the delighting part. He'll, he'll do the providing part. We have to do the focus on the giver part, and he'll make sure the gifts come that will meet our needs. He's the father of every good gift. So if you have to put this whole message in one phrase that we can all remember and walk out of here with, don't be anxious. Can you say it with me? Don't be anxious. Okay, one more time. Now, everyone, don't be anxious, comma. So what do we do when we're not going to do the anxiety? Because a lot of people, well, I don't know what I do. Like, I live by anxiety. How can I do? I don't know what to do. Don't be anxious, comma. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That's what replaces the anxiety. Do not be anxious about your life comma, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and you will see peace and contentment invade your heart and protect your heart. And any time you're getting robbed by the enemy or by the world or another person, you just go back to God and you say, I'm feeling anxious and troubled. The cares of the world are mounting up on my shoulder and I'm getting a backache. And you give it to God immediately and say, Lord, I'm not going to be anxious, but I receive your peace. I pray it would guard my mind and my heart in Christ Jesus. And then you start thinking about things that are right and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Read the rest of Philippians 4. And he replaces the crazy thoughts with godly thoughts. And that's enough for today because that's a big, big deal, right? Here's a reflection question you can take home with you. This will be on the website. How will I personally and with others seek first his kingdom and righteousness every day in dependent prayer, trusting God to provide for today and tomorrow? How will I do it? Do not leave here until you come up with some kind of mental plan. How am I going to actually apply what I heard today? And then how am I going to do it with others? So it gets reinforced. And when I'm weak, they're going to be strong and they need my encouragement and I, and I need theirs. And I can give encouragement to them too. So now we're going to uh, have a time of sharing. This is the fun part. I put the mic in your hands. So we've got a couple. Uh, we've got Mark and we've got Steve. And... Um, They've got roving mics. We'll see who's faster. Um, so I encourage you, you know, just to give your praise to God. There's a reflection question on the screen. On the bottom it says, what has God done in your life recently for, what you're, for which you are thankful? So we're going to spend the rest of our time just lifting our praises and our thanksgiving to God. Now I want to ask you to put it in a nutshell, okay? Because it would be awesome if 2, 20, 30, 40 of us can share a thanksgiving to God. So we're going to just lift up flowers. I'm going to gather them all up. We're going to give it to the Lord. It's his bouquet, right? It's a beautiful thing, and we thank him. So what are you thankful for? And I'm going to read one passage that will set this up. I'll give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Hey, congregation of the people, are you going to say so? 
Yeah, we're going to say so. We're going to extol his name together right now. Let's do it. So throw your hand up so they can find you easily. And we're just going to popcorn our praise to the Lord for a few minutes. Introduce yourself real quick, too. Hello. Um, my name is Joni Ibarra. And what I'm thankful for is my family and my friends. Um, recently, God has helped me to realize just how I don't appreciate them enough. And I just I thank them for being in my life and for God putting them in my life. And, um, oh, look, my mom's crying. <laughs> Duh. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's it. Praise I'm thankful God. for my church family. Praise God. Hi, my name's Hey Judy, and I'm very thankful that uh, the Lord um, gives people that seem very unlovable um, love, and that through us as Christians that we're able to um, share that love with them and for the Lord to work on their heart and us pray for people that we know that don't seem like they'll ever get saved, and they get saved. And my dad and I want to just share something real fast. My stepdad was 70 years old when he got saved, wow. and he became a very righteous man. Um, but no one ever thought he would get saved. And one day he was watching football and flipping the channels, and Billy Graham came on, and when he, he started crying. And same thing happened to my dad. But you know what? Everything through fasting and prayer. So our responsibility is to pray, but also to be very thankful and grateful in advance. Say, Lord, we just thank you for so-and-so's salvation, even though it doesn't seem like that they would ever come to the Lord. Hmm. Even those that have been in Satanism and stuff like that still can come to the Lord. Trust and believe that. Amen. It's never too late for anyone, right? And some of you that heard this today because you're in this service, you're thinking of family members and friends. Do not give up on them. Keep praying. Go for it. Hi, I'm Josie DeVideo, and I am thankful for my husband. Um, I'm thankful um, to God that he allowed him to have another year with us. We celebrated his birthday yesterday. And I'm thankful that um, he gave my husband to me and that he made him a patient man, <laughs> and um, that he's a devoted father and a husband and family man, and that all those who know him know that about him and love him. And I'm proud to be his wife, and um, I just wanted to thank God for you. No, praise God. Hi, my name is Aspen Dixon, and I am thankful for the people that God has put in my life and the path that he has put me through. In the last year, I took a year off of school, and he led me back to the college I'm at, where I have come back into my faith, and just, yeah, so thank you. Praise God. The good shepherd never loses track of us, does he? He always brings us back. Praise God. I'm Suzanne Krebs, and I just want to say that I'm thankful that the Lord really is our shepherd, and he really does care, and just for all the prayers of the, our church group, and um, that he does answer prayer, because through this last seven months of 
deaths in the family, um, cancer diagnosis, and um, accidents. Car, I was in a car accident, and then I almost got hit physically by a car crossing a street, and I felt like the Lord pushed me back from that, and it didn't happen. So I just truly can say that he's watching out for us, and he's very kind in all of the answers to prayer, because uh, Kurt's doing really well, and I'm still standing here and living, and he's just very kind and graceful, and um, just thankful for him being there when we call out to him. Amen. Amen. Even cancer doesn't need to freak us out, does it? Doesn't. We can trust them. I have cancer. <laughs> no. My wife and I have been through a couple of years that uh, have been pretty remarkable. We've been through many before with my dialysis and treatments. And this has been an exceptional time for us. We retired thinking everything would go smooth. And then just before she retired, I came down with the diagnosis. And uh, she'd be with me today, but she's home recovering from surgery. She had gallbladder surgery last week. Uh, she's doing very well. But through all of this, I've realized that the blessing has been that we have seen God's provision every step of the way to take care of things. When things began to sink with the cancer, and I was going to go maybe a year ago, a new medication would come out that would get me by another year. Then another one would come out on the market available for me that would get me by another year. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And uh, I wouldn't have this one, but just uh, three months ago, uh, they had a special grant money available to pay the 2200 a month that it would cost me for this one med. And uh, I went downstairs from the pharmacy when I heard that amount, and I had perfect peace. And my wife was uh, freaking out. It was going to be it. You know, we're gone. And uh, so it worked out that uh, the medication was available. The black lady in the office, dear lady, looked at me and said, you know, I think, God's doing something here. And we talked about my experience of coming to Christ and how I came from a severe illness and God healed me immediately from that and that's how I came to Christ. And she said, I'm feeling goosebumps. I think God's at work here. So it's been wonderful to see God in the process. Uh, and we just continue to watch that. I'm still feeling great, but through all of this, I'd just like to say one of the great thankfulnesses that I have is that I've sensed that God has been at work building my wife and I together as a real team through the process. And that we, I, I as a man, feel the need to be to her what she needs during this very anxious time. And I've seen her growing in the Lord and becoming stronger and uh, becoming the woman that I'd always hoped she'd be. And I think I'm becoming that to her too. But we're seeing this mutual growth and through that, there's been just such a hopefulness of spirit that whatever happens, it doesn't matter. It just, we are together and we're grown up in Christ to the point where we feel his presence in the midst of this great unknown, so to speak. Wow. Praise the Lord. So it really is true that all things work together for good. For those that love God and have been called according to his purpose. It's true. Yeah, go ahead. 
There's just so much to be thankful for. The Lord is so awesome. But one of the things I'm just really thankful for is just how much the Lord has been growing my wife spiritually, just using her as just an instrument towards others to encourage, lift up, and being such a prayer warrior. I could truly say she's my battle partner, (laughs) definitely. So I'm just so encouraged and thankful and just how the Lord is growing her into such a godly woman. The other thing I'm really thankful for is um, just for a while, I was, um, whenever I was at work or got into a stressful situation, I used to get so bitter. (laughs) I used to get so bitter that I would even get bitter and upset at the Lord. And I didn't like it. I talked to the Lord about it. I was like, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be upset. I just want to just talk to you about it. Give it all over to you. And what the Lord did was he clipped away that bitterness where every single time there was a stressful situation at work or wherever, instead of getting upset or blaming him and saying, like, Lord, why is this happening? I was just talking to him about it. I was like, Lord... This is another tough situation. I can't wait to see how you're going to handle it. So instead of blaming him and getting upset, I was just talking to him about the problem. And it's been like that. It's been like that recently. And I'm so thankful, just so thankful that the Lord clipped away that bitterness. Lord Jesus is so awesome. Praise God. My name is Martha Davis, and I'm so thankful to God for he's been so good to me. I have quite a few trials I'm going through right now, but God has given me the strength and courage to endure and to just hold and cling to him because I couldn't make it without him even for a second. When that first thing I do when I get up in the morning is pray and read my Bible, and he gave me the strength and courage to endure what I have to go through. And he's been so good. I can't ever, ever thank him enough. He's a mighty, wonderful God that I serve. And I love him so much. I just want to get closer and closer to him and be a blessing to letting others see Christ through my life and be encouraging to those that already know him. And I'm praying that God will bring my children to him and strengthen and keep my husband, bless him to start getting and moving around more. Thank you. I just thank him so much. Because he's a mighty, wonderful God and Savior. I just praise and glorify his name every day of my life. And want to get closer and closer to him. And live to please him every day. Amen. Hi, my name is uh, Damian Ibarra. And uh, recently, uh, Danielle and I met with... uh, Steve Pyfram, uh, about him and uh, his family going up north. And uh, we just want to say we're thankful for Steve. We're going to miss you. So that's it.
my name is Ed, and uh, we've had between my wife and I three surgeries this year. Uh, son got married. Uh, had lots of reasons to be stressed, but uh, just so thankful for God that we're both on the mend and healing and uh, providing me with so much work that I can barely organize it and uh, just grateful for his love and provision in our lives. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hi, my name's Melissa Conkey. Um, I've always read in the Bible how God is very orderly and he gives exact instructions um, for a purpose just to show his sovereignty, his good will and plan. And something really thankful for is I'm not only reading this in the Old Testament, but I'm witnessing it in my own life. And it's just very exciting to just see how when we seek the Lord out in prayer, when we listen for his voice and his will, he just displays how sovereign he is and how everything is just aligned so perfectly and how he just takes care of us. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bob Ashley, and I'm just so thankful for our life group, for people that actually pray for each other, for seeing answered prayer, and for actually just being such a strong family. And I know you all are, because we pray for each other, and this church is so real, because our God is so real. I'm just so thankful. Praise the Lord. Got any more room in your life group? (laughs) Talk to Bob Ashley. (laughs) Go for it. Hi, my name is Tara Lee, and uh, I am so thankful to our Lord for just the amazing work that he's done in my husband and our our lives. And we are going through a time of a lot of transition and uncertainty, but he is so faithful and has given us such strength as a team to work together to provide for his will and his purpose. And we are truly grateful. And I just want to give all praise and glory to him. Praise God. So special when it's in a marriage relationship to what God does, isn't it? So awesome. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Marilyn Cornwall. It seems like every time we have a time to share, I'm up here. Um, I just have so much to be grateful for. I had um, one of the best marriages ever. I was married to a wonderful man for 43 years. I actually met him when I was very, very young, and so we were together 47 years. But I also want to just praise God for my children I was just recently in the hospital, and I had some surgery, and my husband would have always been right there next to me by my bedside. If I've been, and I told the nurses there I had a revolving door in their hospital. But in, instead of my husband being there, my physical husband, I have decided that God is my husband, and he brought so many beautiful angels to come and visit me, to pray with me, And I was allowed to even pray with one of the ladies 
that came in to help me. And she started opening up to me about what was going on in her life. And it just lifted my heart to be able to say, hey, come here, come here. We had to go behind this. I didn't want her to get in trouble. So I prayed for her right then. And there's been times in the past where it's been different, where there's been more. But God provided one person for me to pray for. And I am so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for my precious son, Michael, who on his way home from work would come and pick, you know, just visit me for quite a while. My son, Bob, who the day I had surgery, he was there for me, along with so many others. And I had some beautiful cards come in. I just want to just praise the Lord for his goodness and what he provides daily for me. And also, I want to thank God for Mark Richardson, because for two and a half years, I've been fretting over a reef I have to do in my house. And Mark has been so wonderful to come over and help us. So there's just so much to be grateful for. But I, the Lord knows. And I'm yeah. not going to take him more of your time. But <laughs> praise the Lord for all things. He is good. God is good. Oh, you don't know that? <laughs> all the time. All the time. God is good. He is. I'm Pat Wilson, and I just want to, as you were talking, Gordy, about being content and how he has given us peace and contentment through 55 years of marriage and through the ups and downs and the, the valleys and the mountaintops of our marriage and our life and how we've seen him work and bring us through so much and here to this point in time. And... Uh, Going through, we've been very blessed with good health for many, many years. And now as we're getting older, <laughs> things are beginning to fall apart. And, and we're just praising God that uh, we're getting through each one. And mm. thank you for all your prayers. And uh, I'm just grateful for all the contentment and for God mm. giving me such a wonderful, godly man <laughs> all these years. Amen. We met when we were 14. And... 17 and started dating at 16 and 19 and married at 19 and 22. And uh, we've seen when we look back how God has been there right with us, even though we weren't walking with him in the beginning, but how he touched our hearts and lives and drew us to him and uh, how he's used my husband. Wonderful man. Thank you. Praise, praise God. Hello, um, I'm very grateful to be here, and I was very grateful to be able to see the worship team play and see all your guys' hearts like pouring out to Christ, and that was like a really big blessing. You as a church here are a blessing to many people, and you don't even know it. People look up to this church, um, especially the youth group. So I'm just very grateful for all of you being here, and I'm, and I'm grateful for the sermon which was spoken, and everything that here is just legit. I, I really like this church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Go ahead, Mark. Hi, I'm uh, Bob. Um, my... Uh, uh, niece is going to be coming over here to go to school. We started talking to her about two years ago about coming here to uh, 
attend Morpar College and living with us. And uh, we processed the paperwork and we just received uh, notice from the college that she was accepted about, uh, about a week ago. So by the end of the year, she's going to be here uh, living with us and going to school at Morpar College. And we just want to thank God for this tremendous opportunity for her to come here to go to school and to have the opportunity to see what America is about. Amen. Hello, um, my name is Jane. Um, and the first of the year, I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer. And what I thought was going to be a very devastating and challenging year um, definitely had its ups and downs. But um, it really made me refocus on my priorities in life, um, refocus on my faith and um, this church for praying for me during some tough times. But now I'm at the end of the year and see that, you know what, I made it through every day. And my faith has um, gotten much stronger because of it. And so what I thought was going to be adversity really became strength. And by the grace of God, I am uh, very thankful for that. And I appreciate the church body for um, praying for me during some of those times. Thank you. We need each other, don't we? We need each other and the Lord. Hi, my, my name is Catalin, and I've been a chronic worrier my whole life. Uh, but I'm, wanna, I'm feeling inspired to talk about a worry that I have with my kids. And I think there are a lot of parents here who always love their kids and tell them and they don't believe you. But um, I've been putting the worry less and less and less aside and putting it on this guy here next to me. And uh, my kids are slowly coming around. And uh, I see my sister has the same thing with her kids. And on Thursday, I had this, and I just was, didn't know how to say, a so thankful experience with my daughter. I had her take off school for the day on no, Friday. And uh, we spent the whole day together. And she has not been speaking to me. She's 16 for like... Well, you know, they talk to you, but not really speak to you. But we had a wonderful day together. <laughs> and it was just really, just really inspiring that your kid can share that close moment. And, you know, these five teenagers we have in our house were little by little getting to them. And I am putting that anxiousness aside and say, if I hear them, if I think of God first, they're going to see it. And they know that I'm sincere and honest. Mm. Amen. Praise God. Maybe one or two more. Oh, that got a hand up quick. <laughs> I can't leave here without thanking God. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Larisa Stringfellow, and it's been a while since I've shared Anna. Um, but I just want to thank God for our women's Bible study group on Wednesday night. It's such a light during the heavy, anxious work week. 
I love coming to Julie Lindsay's home and being surrounded by my sisters and reading the Word of God together, praying for each other, encouraging one another, correcting each other. It's, it's amazing, and it's only through God. I mean, for us, all different types of women from all ages, all backgrounds coming together and loving each other and being there for each other. And just even um, the daily texts and emails and verse sharing, it's amazing to see God work in each and every one of our lives. And I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful to God for, for his presence in that group. And I feel it throughout the whole week. So thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to gather all those roses and lilies and daisies into a bouquet and hand it to the Lord now. You ready? Father in heaven, all that we've talked about just now is just a praise to you. You are the God who is always at work. You take the hardest things, Lord, even areas that have been ashes, and you turn them into something beautiful. Thank you, Lord. You're the only one that can do that. And Lord, we just are grateful for your provision. We're grateful for the way you've carried us through the hard things in the past. We're grateful that you're a heavenly father that knows every need that everyone sitting here has and will have every day you give us breath. So Lord, we're grateful. Thanks for being that kind of father and shepherd and for being our provider. We worship you now. Help us, Lord, to not live with anxiety or fear or doubt but to live in faith, trusting and leaning on you every day. We love you, Lord. Thanks for making this all possible through your Son and by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.